Good morning, Maranatha. This is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable, and it is time for Sunday Morning Alive right here on our website. Praise God. Amen. I'm so glad to be with you today and to bring you a message from God's eternal Word, God's holy Word, God's inerrant Word, God's preserved Word, so that we could have a a roadmap (laughs) to find our way out of whatever situation we feel trapped in and into the blessings of the Lord and eternal life. Praise God. Friend of mine, I want you to know today that old camp meeting type song, I'm using my Bible for roadmap. Praise God, and and my, my destination will be heaven some sweet day. Friend of mine, we have a road map to, to living a life that God is directing and that God is protecting and that God is preserving until Jesus comes. Praise God. And we want to get into this road map for blessing today. <laughs> Hallelujah. And we invite you to go with us on this journey and get your Bible open. Get, take some notes this morning if you would like to. This is Sunday Morning Alive, and we are so glad for the life giving power that is in the Word of God itself. Jesus said it, didn't he? The words that I speak to you are like no other words in the world. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. Hallelujah. Praise God. We're going to be talking about Jesus, our daysman redeemer. Jesus, our daysman redeemer. And if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn with me to the book of Job, chapter 9, verse 28 through 33. Job 9, 28 through 33. On the subject, Jesus, our daysman redeemer. Now, I want to tell you what a daysman is first. In the old English, a daysman is an arbitrator or an umpire. It's someone who is a mediator between two parties that cannot be reconciled to one another. And and a mediator is someone that, and an arbitrator is someone that is trying to get them to be able to resolve the difference. The enmity is the biblical word that's used so many times. This, this that has separated us from one another. Listen, that's what we want to zero in on today is the necessity of a mediator between God and man. And to point out in the new covenant in particular that Jesus is our mediator. First Timothy 2 and verse 5 says, For there is but one God and one mediator between God and man. Make no mistake about it. Solo Christo, only Christ. Hallelujah. Brother Venable, are you Jesus only? No, I'm only Jesus. Hallelujah. Now I want you to listen carefully to this today. Only Jesus can become the mediator between us and the God that we have sinned against. And yet we have a God who wants to be reconciled with us. The just has suffered for the unjust that he, Jesus, might bring us to God. Jesus makes no apology when he says, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No man comes to the Father except by me, solo 
Christo. Hallelujah. Only Jesus today. Let's look at this together. Now, Job has been arguing with God because he doesn't understand why he's been trying his best to do right before the Lord. And yet all of this trouble has befallen him. He doesn't know that the devil has has come up and, and had a conversation about man only serving God for what he can get from God. No one's serving him because he, he deserves that kind of obedience, that kind of reverence. No one does it because they love God. They just need something from God. You take that away from them, they'll turn on you. And God said, well, have you considered my servant Job? <laughs> yeah, yeah. the devil says, yeah, but you got a hedge around him. Take it down and let me get at him and take all the things that you blessed him with, including his own family members, and let, let me afflict his body and see how he reacts to you. And I'm going to tell you something, amen. This, this, this story of Job, it doesn't have to be repeated with every believer and everyone that's a Christian out there today should say thank you Jesus and thank God amen God proved his point man is not just in so intrinsically selfish uh, that that he will turn on God and against God if if the Lord doesn't not only bless us but put a, a bubble if you please let us live in a bubble to where nothing can ever 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 cause us any heartache or heartbreak in this faulty body, in this fallen world. Listen, so Job has been arguing with God, and he realizes that he cannot present himself as such in such perfection that he can stand face to face with the holy God and make his case. And listen, so let's pick it up right here in Job nine twenty-eight through 33. Job says, I'm afraid of all my sorrows. I know that thou wilt not hold me innocent. If I be wicked, then why labor I in vain? If I wash myself with snow water, think of the purity here, and make my hands never so clean, yet thou shalt plunge me in the ditch, and mine own clothes shall abhor me. For he is not a man as I am, that I should answer him, and we should come together in judgment. Neither is there any daysman between us. Remember, an arbitrator, someone who is a mediator, neither is there any daysman between us that he might lay his hand upon us both. Amen. I like one translation, one scriptural translation. It says, if only there was someone to arbitrate between us to lay his hand upon us both. Paraphrase says, if only there was a mediator who could bring us together, but there is none. Job doesn't understand the reasons for his trials. He knows he's always endeavored to do righteously. Uh, somebody listening right here this morning is wondering the same thing. Listen, but he cannot defend himself by proclaiming his own righteousness, no matter how good or pious he was, he cannot stand before a holy God and say, I have no sin, so I have every right to question you. Romans 3.10 says there's none righteous. No, listen, no, not one. 
in one one really loose paraphrase it said so where does that put us romans 3 9 and 10 so where does that put us do we jews get a better break than others not really Basically, all of us, whether insiders or outsiders, start out in identical conditions, which is to say that we all start out as sinners. Scriptures leave no doubt about it. There's nobody living right according to God's standard. No, not even one. Without a go-between, dear friends, we're all in the same sinking boat. First Samuel 2 and verse 25 says, If one man sin against another, the judge shall judge him. But if a man sin against the Lord, who shall entreat for him? Literally, who shall intercede for him? The great cry of the Old Testament was for a daysman, an arbitrator, an intercessor, a mediator. A holy God cannot accept and and, and, and commune with unholy man. There's an enmity between us. But a loving God wants to destroy the enmity that our sins have created. He sends a daysman to the earth, a Savior who will destroy the enmity and bridge the great gulf between us. Praise God. In Job 9, uh, that we've been reading 32 through 33, the patriarch touches a grand and profound truth that man, the covenant breaker, inevitably needs an arbiter who can reach both God and man, and who will see to it that both parties are brought together. Jesus Christ is our daysman. 1 John 2 and verse 1 states it clearly. My little children, these things write I unto you that you sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. Hallelujah. Our daysman. I like what it says in another translation, one who speaks to the Father in our defense. And in the Greek, advocate means one who pleads another's cause before a judge, an intercessor, an intercessor. In the context of Christ and his exaltation at God's right hand, pleading with God the Father for the pardon of our sins when we confess them and we forsake them. Christ died on the cross to settle our account. He took our place. He took our punishment. He bore our pain and our shame of our sins. He became the go-between. He put his hand upon God's shoulder because his blood was sinless. Then he put his hand upon our shoulder. The mighty gulf was spanned, the enmity destroyed, the enemy defeated. God and man became reconciled because Jesus is our our daysman, Savior. Praise God. Hallelujah. Listen, in Isaiah chapter 1. And verse 18, you can see from God's perspective his desire to, to, to be reconciled with those who judgment is already pronounced against if we will repent and we will, we will really, <laughs> amen, begin to yield and surrender to him and his authority in our life. Listen to Isaiah 1 and verse 18 from God's perspective. Come now, let us reason together, saith the Lord. 
Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. If you be willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. But if you refuse and rebel, you shall be devoured with the sword, for the mouth of the Lord hath spoken it. Amen. In other words, if we're not willing, amen, to 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 come under God's authority, repent of our sin, and seek His forgiveness, the, the arbitration of Christ in our behalf is of none effect, and our enemy will certainly prevail over us. Oh, friend of mine, it is so important that we allow God to speak to us and not be stubborn and not harden our hearts before Him. Listen to how Israel responded to, to in the book of Zechariah, chapter 7 and verse 11 through 13. How, how Israel responded when God offered this kind of, of reconciliation in the sense of the old covenant where they could take and offer a sacrifice for their sin as they repented of it and God would accept it really on, ba- on, based on the daysman to come, Jesus Christ. There was, there was nothing in the blood of bulls and goats and lambs that could atone for sin except it be a type and foreshadow of Christ who would die on the cross for us. Listen to verse 11. It says, But they refused to hearken. God says, Come, let us reason together in Isaiah here in Zechariah. But they refused to hearken and pulled away the shoulder. Oh, there was someone that would put their hand on God's shoulder and our shoulder. Listen, but they pulled away the shoulder. It is never God who says, you know, I'm so sick and tired of you and your sin that I'm not going to even consider forgiving you and being reconciled to you. It's always man who refuses his offer of mercy and grace. I want to say it again. It, God God loves you, dear friend. You may be a hard-hearted and you may be hard-headed, and, and I want you to know God loves you in spite of you. And he says, come, let us read together and when the Holy Spirit comes to 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 really convict you of your sin and and to to and when God speaks with you and you feel that conviction and God is speaking to your heart by the Holy Spirit to to get to turn from that sin and to confess that sin and to and to and to literally embrace the opportunity to be reconciled to him. Don't pull away the shoulder. They pulled away the shoulder and stopped their ears that they should not hear. Yea, they made their hearts as an adamant stone. This is like a diamond in how hard it is. Someone said a diamond is so hard it takes a diamond to cut a diamond. You can't cut it with with anything made out of metal because it's just not that hard. Lest they should hear the law and the words which the Lord of hosts has sent them in His Spirit by the former prophets. 
Therefore came great wrath. Remember, if you refuse and rebel, you will be destroyed by the sword. Therefore there came great wrath from the Lord. Therefore it has come to pass that as he cried, and they would not hear, so they cried, and I would not hear, saith the Lord of hosts. Oh, friend of mine, this is so important. When God takes the initiative to forgive our sins, that we would confess our sins and turn from them, not continue in sin. You see, that's why the Bible said that, that, that it, 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 in, in, in terms of the judgment to come, how shall we escape if we neglect such a great salvation as this? God loves you today. And that's what's going to make judgment so absolutely uh, horrifying to consider that, that we were offered reconciliation to God. Because he gave his only son that we might be forgiven. And we pulled away the shoulder. And we, in the, in our hard-headedness, became hard-hearted. When you close your ears, when you push back, when God pulls you toward himself by the convicting power of the Holy Spirit, the heart becomes calloused to conviction. And the Bible said that it will come a time when people have pushed back so long and so strong against God that, that their conscience would become seared as a hot iron, cauterized until it, there is no more feeling of that conviction. It's not so much as God giving up on you. It's ourself becoming to the place of such hardness in our heart that it's no point in God convicting us any further because there's there's no tenderness, there's no sensitivity to him in our heart. Now, friend of mine, I don't believe that, that I don't believe you'd be right here today listening to this broadcast if your heart was in that condition. But there is a warning in the word of God not to pull away the shoulder and close your ears and walk away from God's offer and desire to save your soul and to redeem you. And if you're a Christian and you're backslidden, to bring you back into the fold and restore the blessing upon your life. Praise God. Oh, dear friend of mine, what what a stark contrast. I, John Ashcroft, Attorney General of the United States, said in a statement in an interview, Islam is a religion in which God requires you, their God, Allah, which is not the God of the Bible. I want you to know that. Amen. It's, it, it is a misrepresentation of Jehovah. Listen, Islam, he said, and I quote, is a religion in which God requires you to send your sons to die for him. Christianity is a faith in which God sent his son to die for you. What a wonderful statement of faith from the Attorney General of the United States who understands the core message of the gospel. Hallelujah. That we needed a mediator. God had every right to be angry with us because of our sin and he cannot look over it and be holy. 
So how could He possibly save us from ourself and our sin and from Satan who wants to destroy us? God provided a lamb that would become a sacrifice lamb whose blood was shed, amen, that He might become a mediator between God and man. What a stark contrast. This separates Christianity from all other world religions. God reaches down to humans rather than humans trying to work their way up to God. The high priest of the old covenant was a foreshadow of our great high priest and intercessor. There was a, a, a distinct danger that the priest of the old covenant could be disqualified as a go-between and be destroyed. He didn't continue indefinitely. A new priest had to be in preparation. All Israel held their breath when he was behind the veil. Amen. That's why we celebrate our daysman Savior. Our high priest is perfect and he lives forever. Hebrews seven twenty four through 26, it said, But this man... Speaking of Christ, because he continueth forever, hath an unchangeable priesthood, wherefore he is able to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing that he ever liveth to make intercession for them. For such a high priest became us, who is holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners, and made higher than the heavens. Praise God. I want to read this from one Bible translation. It says, but because Jesus lives forever, he has a permanent priesthood. Therefore, he's able to save completely those who come to God through him, because he always lives to intercede for them. Such a high priest meets our need, one who is holy, blameless, pure, set apart from sinners, exalted above the heavens. Hallelujah. Friend of mine, Christ not only had to die to redeem us, he shed his blood for our ransom. He must live again to be our daysman, our high priest who presents to God the sacrifice. Hallelujah. Who stands between us and a holy God who is, who is compelled by His holiness to adjudicate judgment against us. And yet Jesus puts His hand and its nail scarred from the cross upon God's shoulder. And, and then He puts His hand upon our shoulder and becomes our daysman. And He tells the Father who sent Him to do this. It was not His will that any perish. But all have eternal life, and yet there was none pure enough, holy enough to, to defend ourselves in God's court. And yet Jesus became our arbitrator. Jesus became our advocate. We have an advocate with the Father. We have a daysman. He put his nail-scarred hand upon our shoulder. And and showed his great love for us and God's love for us. And he, he calls us to confess our sin, turn from them and come to God. Hallelujah. Jesus is our sacrifice lamb who is also our high priest 
whoever lives to make intercession, to intercede for us. Praise God, we are reconciled by His death and saved by His life. <laughs> Hallelujah. Listen to Romans 5, 9 through 11. It says, Much more than being now justified by His blood, we shall be saved from wrath through Him. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of His Son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by His life. And not only so, we joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have now received the atonement. We joy in God. One paraphrase says, and I like this, it says, now we have actually received this amazing friendship relationship with God. We are no longer content to say it in plodding prose. We sing and shout praises to God through Jesus Christ the Messiah. <laughs> we don't just, you know, scholastically declare this, even though we're, we're theologically correct in saying what it means. We sing it, and we, we show it in the way that we enthusiastically praise God. We joy in God through Jesus Christ. Listen, if you trusted, trusted Christ as your person, personal Savior, you are well represented in God's court. <laughs> Hallelujah. Because we have a great high priest. We have a sacrifice lamb. We have a blood atonement. We have been, we have an advocate with the Father. We have a Redeemer who ransomed us, who paid in full our sin debt. And while there's a humbling, solemn, and sober aspect to the cross and the suffering of our Savior on that cross. As we remember the horrors of crucifixion, there is a victorious declaration that we are redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. He has defeated death for us all. And I'm not just talking about the grave. Uh, I'm talking about the second death, the final judgment and consignment of the eternal soul to, to a place of banishment and punishment forever called hell, the lake of fire. But thank God he is alive. And thank God we are saved. We sing and shout about our daysmen deliverer, our daysman redeemer. Hallelujah. And we celebrate our new relationship with God. Praise God. Friend of mine, there's a lot of things to get down about. There's a lot of things to be disappointed about, to be upset about, to be discouraged about, and even become depressed about. But there should be one transcendent thing that, that transcends and supersedes all of those negatives in our life that we may be temporarily experiencing. And that is that Jesus Christ, hallelujah, has put his hand upon God's shoulder and put his hand upon our shoulder. Hallelujah. And the just has suffered for the unjust that he might bring us to God. And we who were once 
enemies of God, that the wrath of God, children of wrath, even as others, now hath he reconciled. Friend of mine, that is cause for great rejoicing today. That's why David said, Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. (laughs) Praise God. If anybody ought to be a praising, ever grateful, thankful people, it is those who have been redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. It is the ransomed. Hallelujah from the fall. Glory be to God. Oh, I pray that we will get the joy of our salvation back, that we can joy in God once again. How about it today? We have a daysman redeemer. We've been reconciled to God. We cry, Abba, Father, to the, to the creator of the universe who wants to be our heavenly Father and has become that. And we've been brought to him We've been brought into his royal family. And, you know, the Bible said it doesn't appear what we shall be. But but now we are the sons of God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Friend of mine, because we have that kind of relationship, we need to be a joyous people. We need to be a people that have hope in our hearts that is shining so bright in Jesus Christ that others that can't escape the darkness of depression that is falling upon this fallen world. Oh, friend of mine, the future does not look bright. It looks bleak. And the Bible said prophetically of a sign of Jesus soon coming in Matthew 24. When the question is asked, what shall be the sign of your coming? When shall these things be? One of those signs was, and men's hearts failing them for fear and looking at the things which are coming upon the earth. This is not unfounded fears. This is not paranoia. This is actual fear looking at a future that is so bleak and so dark and so gloomy and so threatening. Oh, but friend of mine, the Christian on the other hand, hallelujah, is not looking for a hopeless end. We are looking toward an endless hope in Jesus Christ. If you don't know the Lord as your Savior today, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior today, I pray that right now in these closing moments, because I know if you have stayed tuned to this point in our broadcast, Maybe you felt him drawing you before because Jesus has his hand on God's shoulder and God says, I want to save him. I want to save her. And he's reaching forth to put his hand on your soul, your shoulder and say, come, let us, let us reason together. There's an antidote for the poison of sin. There's an answer for the hopelessness and helplessness that we sense in ourself. There is an antidote and there is an answer. And it is the blood of Jesus, the intercession of Jesus on the cross. And right now, as he stands as our great high priest, a friend of mine, 
Don't run from God. Don't pull away the shoulder. Maybe you've done it before. And maybe there is a callus on your heart. But God is speaking to you again. God has not given up on you. Don't put another callus on your heart. Run to God. Come to Christ as your Savior. Repent of your sin. Confess your sin. And receive His pardon. And join us, the Christian community around the world, as we praise God for His unspeakable gift, for the unsearchable riches, for the salvation that God has granted through our daysman Redeemer, Jesus Christ. And come back next Sunday morning. <laughs> Hallelujah. We're going to testify of Him again in Jesus' name.